0: Welcome back to the Collab Podcast, collaborators. I am- Hi, collaborators. Uh, there he is. I'm here with my co-host and business partner, Andre Munar, and I am so excited about today's episode. We are bringing someone on to the episode that I met a few weeks ago at a conference for women in the mortgage industry, and what was so interesting to me is that she had this business she was talking about. And I almost felt like she was talking about our business, Andre. Like I felt like she was talking about you and I with yeah. the type of business that she has, but the difference in where I think a lot of you who are listening will really be inspired with her story is, you know, if you've heard all the other episodes, you know that Andre and I have gone through some, some pretty decent challenges in the last seven or eight years uh that we had to overcome and get through and kind of just have the guts to just keep going and it was it was horrible these last seven or eight years yeah. hearing you know <laughs> hearing Selena's story i can't imagine going through hardships as you're getting started in life and that's what you're going to hear is you're going to hear from someone who has landed right where we are but didn't have like didn't i'm not i'm not going to su- you know, ruin surprise for everyone. I'm going to let Andre you know, introduce her. You know, and and her background, but I want you guys to hear her story because after yes. this episode, you should have no excuses, and you should all go after the things you want.
1: Oh, my gosh. I know that you came back from that conference, Megan, talking about, you know, how you met these awesome women. And one of these women was Talita. And then we were putting her on the podcast. So I did some some stalking. And I'm really <laughs> excited. Um, like you said, she just seems to have a lot of things that we have in common. And we understand each other. We were talking a little bit about that before we started the podcast, how we all understand each other's struggles. But Toledo Guerrero is a senior loan officer and partner at Right Key Mortgage, LLC. She's been in the mortgage industry for over a decade and has consistently been recognized for her high level of production. And after stalking her, I can definitely see why. I love her social media. Um, she's been ranked as one of the top originators on the Scotsman's Guide three years in a row. She was the only woman uh, in the top originators of 2020 list from Massachusetts as a broker. She moved from Brazil. So um, a little similar to my story, she speaks English, Spanish, Portuguese fluently. Um, she's very passionate about helping and educating her community about making smart financial decisions. And I really see that Uh, When I was stalking her, the way that she gives back to her clients and her community, Um, she has a bachelor's degree from U of Mass of Boston. She currently lives in Freetown with her two children, which I saw her family pictures, absolutely adorable. And when she is not busy closing loans, she loves being outdoors, traveling and caring for her animals. Oh my gosh! So
0: excited, Talita. Uh, you are you there?
2: Made me sound so great. Yeah, I'm like, is that me? <laughs> yes.
0: Well, like I said, you're just like us. So yeah, you are pretty great, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: I'm so glad to be here.
1: Welcome. So excited to dive Day into your end. story. Yes. And
0: and that's where I guess I just would love to have you start is because I didn't want to ruin it when we were, uh, you know, introducing you. You obviously have accomplished a ton. But could you share with anyone listening, which you know, are people who are starting businesses, you know, have maybe started a little bit of a business, and and start back a little bit from, you know, you obviously came to the U.S. and just some of the hardships you had to overcome growing up to where it's
2: led you today? Sure. Well, I got here at twelve. So, I mean, Andre, you've—I—I uh, I think it's Colombia, right? Yes. Yeah, all right. So my ex-husband is Colombian too, and his name is Andres <laughs> as well. Okay, oh, so got I love coming. that. I love yeah. that. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I came here at 12 years old, and um, as you know, Andres, it's super difficult to assimilate. But I was not only uh, not only moved from Brazil uh, here, but also uh, I mean, I landed in Cape Cod to start with, which you know, 20 plus years ago. Was just pretty much me and maybe another two kids yeah. at school, uh, yeah. so it was really there was no diversity at all. So it was extremely mm-hmm. difficult. Uh, it took me forever to learn the language because they didn't even have a ESL program. So I think that was probably the hardest. But you know, just assimilating to a whole new country and just bringing a backpack and saying hello, mm-hmm. you know, was uh, okay. was a lot. It was a yeah. lot at that age, a lot. And my parents just had a really hard time. Um, you know, finding jobs that paid enough to support us three girls. Mm. So we moved around a lot. I think, I don't know, we'll probably move upwards of 12 times in like a year and a half. So, um, it took us quite a, quite a while to settle down. And, um, once we did, uh, we ran into some struggles with, uh, immigration and my older sister. So my parents ended up kind of leaving me and my middle sister, I uh, was, 13 at the time. My middle sister was 15 here alone. And uh, wow. we were here for a few months. And then my mother eventually got us back to Brazil and moved us back, but we didn't live with her from that age and on. So we pretty much been on our own. Uh, at the time, my 15 year old sister was pregnant. And, um, and that's, you know, we were here and it was, it was difficult. And I end up, as you guys know, I ended up uh, also uh, having a child I got pregnant 15, had a son at 16 years yeah. old. Yesterday, I was actually looking through some stuff in my garage, and I saw my GD uh, test scores that I saved. <laughs> and believe it or not, my son was born in May uh, 2004. I had just turned May 20th. I turned 16 May 12th. And in May of 2005, I got my GD. But he was in the hospital for three months. And for those following few months, I was back and forth in Boston because I was from the Cape and that's about an hour, a little over an hour. And he had all these exams because he was really sick when he was born.
0: Cause yes, so, he was only
2: like 26 weeks, right? I mean, 26 four pounds, 14 inches. Yeah. Yeah. So but you're I, here, uh, no parents.
0: Is that correct? So you're here, My no? parents
2: had, my parents had gone back at that time. I didn't leave with them, uh, but uh, they were here. I mean, I don't know if you have similar struggles under this, but I think that with my parents, unfortunately, and that happens with a lot of immigrant kids is that our parents are working a hundred hours. When I knew yeah. my mother, there were weeks that she worked 120 hours. She used to sleep at the laundromat at the nursing home because she would leave her shift so late and have to get back so early and just to, you know, just to make ends meet. So when you have a parent working 120 hour, they can't supervise a child and work. You know what I mean? So you're kind of on your own. And I think that's a uh, part of a lot of our immigrant kids reality. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I had my kid, my son is 16. And then I think that's when, uh, and I think for a lot of us that are business owners that, that have the drive, what I've seen, uh, what we have in common is, uh, the why, right? So I think that we all have this why, whether we went through something as a child or, as an adult, there's always a reason why we really want to succeed. And I see that most of us have that in common. We just don't want to become successful just because of the money or just because. We have, you know, that strong reason. And for me, uh, it was definitely my son. I mean, he almost passed. And I was like, okay, if I'm gonna do this, I'm doing it right. And then but I had a lot of uh I I didn't have much time to to catch up because I was a child. So uh, I worked extremely hard from that age and on, got my GD, got a bachelor's degree, um, and bought my first house at 18. I was really young. I remember not even buying a cup of coffee so I could save money. That's I how love I
1: that. I, yeah. I love that. Um, and you said uh, you had your kid at a very young age, and at 18, you bought your first house. And if I'm also not mistaken, um, I read somewhere at 18, you also got introduced to the mortgage business.
2: Correct. So at 18, um, my whole family wow. left. They all went back home and I got this opportunity. I started in the Cape because I, I spoke Portuguese and Spanish, still do. And uh, they needed somebody who who was bilingual. And uh, I got this opportunity to work at a company, which then they offered me a job in Boston. So I left the Cape because the Cape is small, Cape Cod. I don't know if you guys are familiar. And then mm-hmm. I moved to Boston for a job. And that's kind of when I got introduced to a lot of different aspects of the business, the market crash. So I think that for any of us who've been doing mortgages from way back when through yeah. the crash and we didn't get out, really, uh, we've all really successful because it was crappy back then. <laughs> I mean, trying to get a mortgage through was a nightmare. Uh, So for people that are getting into the business now, and they're like, this is horrible. I'm like, no, honey, this is amazing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You don't know what horrible
2: is, right? (laughs) Right. So I was waitressing at the time and working as a processor. Like I went through a bunch of different things to try to make money. And then, you know, eventually the market came back, right? I stayed in it. And then I was a processor for a while to get that salary plus my commissions. And then I went back to originating full time, uh, right and, around, I would say, 2009, 2010.
0: And what, just so, I, because, and I wanna make sure too for anybody listening who, especially if people have things that they feel like are a barrier. And also going and finding opportunities. Did you go right in as a loan officer or did you start as, you know, something else in the
2: office? It was, I was in everything in the office, right? So it was, I was originating loans back then you didn't need a license. So I was helping originate loans, helping the loan officers originate loans and then originating my own loans eventually as well. Okay. Okay. Being the translator, being the secretary, I was doing yeah. multiple positions. And I think that's it's still pretty, you know, uh, pretty accurate in the market today is that a lot of people come in while they're learning. They wear a lot of hats, right? Mm-hmm. They might be a processor, pre-processing. They could be a loan officer and processor. So it takes time. And I think that makes you uh, an amazing loan officer is really knowing all the aspects of the business. So I'm grateful for that opportunity to learn uh, so much because I kind of carry everything that I've learned then, um, you know, to my business today.
1: You're speaking my language, um, Talita. And I think it's also important to remind people that nobody's really ever an overnight success, you know, and so. We've all started somewhere, right? So I was kind of the same way. I started as just an assistant and I fell in love with it and processing. And then I became a loan officer. And I think that's what has made, you know, me so so successful. And then when I met Megan, Megan was the same way. She started off as, as processing and then she moved into a loan officer role. And I think that's really why we understand the business so well. Um and, and people sometimes only see us for what we are now. They don't see all of the struggles or all of the the things that you've gone through and where you started, right? Like you were just at the bottom and, and to get to the top, you've got to work hard. Um, and you have to also face adversity. I also read somewhere that you then had a second child and also went back to school while doing all of this. I'm like, (laughs) what is going like, this is amazing.
2: You just said it all because one of the biggest struggles I have with uh, mentoring um, the younger or brand new loan officers in my team is that everybody, there's such a mentality nowadays that everything is instant, right? You put a popcorn in the microwave and you get it in three minutes, right? Back in the of days, I mean, you could yeah. not get uh, just the time for the oil <laughs> to heat up, okay? Like everything is so instant in our culture. You know, you order Amazon and it's in your doorsteps in a couple yeah. of hours. Like how is that possible? No effort, right? Yeah. So um I think that that it's great that technology is helping us in so many ways, but I think that a lot of our younger generation is also used to having instant gratification. And yeah. um and yes, I have a ton of people that come to me and they want to get to where I am at in 6 to 12 months. <laughs> and then in about two months, when it gets really hard <laughs> and they can only get a couple of loans in, um, they give up. They literally, they find something else to do. So yeah. it's really, uh, it's it, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of work and a lot of sacrifices to get to where we are that people don't see and I think Megan, you a Megan, you are mother, so you know how much sacrifice it takes. And yes, Andrea. so when the market it was still pretty slow, uh, in around 2010, eleven when I had my daughter. And um I was processing and originating right before I had my daughter. And then once I had her, I um I stopped processing. I kind of wanted more of a flexible schedule. So I went on and um signed up to finish my bachelor's degree, which I had already started a community college for business. So I got wow. into UMass and went back and I was going to school full-time and then the two kids um, and originating full-time, which it seemed like a piece of cake back then. <laughs> Based <laughs> on what I've been doing these past few years, believe it or not. So I know you're giving me credit, but you guys are on the same boat as I am. And let me tell you, while we've done the past few years growing our team, feels like it's way harder than everything that I was doing 10 years ago. It's more than two kids, right? It's like having 40 babies.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no. And I want to ask you some questions about your team. And I think the biggest thing that I just, before we move on to kind of where your business is now, the question I have that I think a lot of people think about is, okay, right, You you went through these really challenging situations growing up. You know, you had a baby, you like where most people are sitting there and they're like, "Okay, this is like I didn't graduate from high school. Like I'm not going to have opportunities. How did you go find that opportunity? Were you actively looking for something you could do without a degree? Because for anyone listening, there are industries out there you don't need a college degree, you don't need a diploma and it has very high income potential. And this is where I, I think being intentional, were you intentional or did, was it, you know, fortune?
2: No. Yeah. I've always wanted to be a business owner. So I think that the main thing for me is that once I had Calvin, I wanted to go into business for myself and create mm-hmm. a legacy, right? Create something for myself and something that today, uh, you know, I'm able to help, I have so many family members that are employed by me. So that's what I wanted to kind of make sure that I, I made a difference. And um, I think that I, my mind was already set on that. So I started exactly where, where, you know, what you're saying is that I started at what can I do today that doesn't require a degree, but it's, that in, it's a professional field. So obviously you can go work, labor, or, or any type of job that you want. But I wanted something that would help me in my future, right? And at that time, I was already taking some classes at the community college. So it took me a minute to figure out what I truly wanted to do. Um, but the mortgage kind of fell on my lap, and the minute I got into it, I loved it because, as you can see now, I love talking to people. So, and I love. <laughs> Loved helping people. And then I started to see that back then, 20 years ago in my community, there was a lot of people that actually needed help. It wasn't just about the money. It was like, okay, so now I have all these people calling me because they actually need me uh, because they don't know how to, you know, work on their credit. The credit system in Brazil and most of the, the Latino countries are completely different. So when I saw the opportunity of, okay, I can really help people and I can give my son a future. Then that's when I jumped on. But it has to be no excuses, right? That resilience that I had from my why is how I got here today. Because look at how many bumps we went through since 2004, 2005.
0: You're right, and I think for a lot of us that I think a lot of times you don't see what's in front of you, and until like, but if you start thinking it or speaking it, and I one thing I don't even know if I told you this, Andre, when I had to leave my partnership that I was in back six, seven years ago. I would drive 15, 20 minutes to my office. And I had, I literally was told within a week, I had to find a new location for my team. At the time we were four or five people. And I had, I drive to the end of my road, take a left onto the main road. And I went to my husband and I'm like, where am I going to go? Like, I have no idea where I'm going to go. And he's like, what about the building? that you literally are looking at every morning when you take the left. And I'm like, what building? And he's like the building at the end of the road. He goes, it's for sale. And that's the building I ended up buying that I'm in that I could ride a scooter to from my house. (laughs) That's awesome. And I didn't see
2: it because I wasn't looking. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to get through that adversity, right? And then have that resilience to just say, okay, this, this didn't work out. What's next in that? Really, is still what we're doing every day in business. Every single day, I got a phone call Monday of a person who says, you know what? I can't handle this. I'm done. All yeah. right. I have a full pipeline, pre-approvals, all of these people that are calling this particular person that I got to jump on and just get it done. Whatever yeah. the course of my day was Monday, it changed completely at around 8.30 a.m. And I went into full mold damage control got everything done. Today's Thursday. I believe it's Thursday. I don't even know how, <laughs> like, what day it is, okay? And I finally today woke up and I was like, okay, I'm no longer in panic mode. We're all caught up with that stuff. So every single day, there is something that we got to deal with. There's fires that we got to put out. If you don't have that mentality where you're out of a place and you better get the place across the street, then you're not going to be in business, period. <laughs>
1: yeah. I love that you're talking about resilience, you know, because we all face resilience throughout our whole life and we all face adversity and we all face struggles. And one of the things that, you know, Megan and I talk about a lot is um, the struggles that people in general need to overcome in the mortgage industry. And I know that you've overcome a lot of struggles in your life, um, you know, having a kid at a young age, going back to school, you know, starting off a business. Um, and so... I'm sure Megan would love to hear what kind of struggles have you overcome since joining the mortgage industry.
2: Ooh, I think that the the biggest thing for us have been um the growth, believe it or not, it's our biggest blessing but our biggest curse <laughs> too. Um we have had a humongous amount of growth since, you know, for the past god 10 years, but since we've opened our business 5 6 years ago, it's been every year, it's double or more than double. So hiring, training, keeping quality while uh receiving that huge increase in business have been my biggest struggle. Because for me, I know for a lot of people in our industry, it's a numbers game, or depending mm-hmm. on what type of business that you are in, for me, it's not a numbers game. I don't like, you know, I don't like complaints. I don't want to be the company that is just trying to get loans in and out like these big lenders. I want to be the company that is known for helping people. So every time I get a complaint, and that happens to all of us business owners because nothing mm-hmm. is perfect, right? Uh, it breaks my heart. So I take that very personal. And I think that's the biggest struggle. If I could have stayed small and just done everything myself, my partner, maybe one other person, I could have control over everything. But it's really... Getting these new people and trusting them with the business that I built this past 50 years, uh, and kind of crossing your fingers and saying, you know what? Uh, I hope that you really do well. And then you get a complaint. You're like, Oh my God, panic mode. I'm losing business. They're not taking care of my clients like I would. Right. But that's part of growth. And I think mentally I have been working on that consistently. Um, and I'm getting better, letting go a little bit more, but I think that, you know, I, I think we need a support
0: the group because this, I, I think Andre and I were talking about this yesterday because it, it took us a while, right? It took us a while to build up to this business, to have leads pouring in, to mm. like have all these things that are going so well. And the people now who are joining our teams, and I'm assuming similar to you, it's just there because, because of what we've done for 15 years, right? And stepping into a different role is really hard yeah very and, hard and i know that's something that you've kind of been going through and you also had shared at the at the panel that like me i've never had a woman mentor or someone to look up to in the industry mm. and which i've had other mentors in my life right but i haven't had any mentors in this industry it's a male dominated industry and Same. For, and I actually have had the opposite. I've had some, maybe that's where a lot of my difficulties, you know, revolved around. But right. for me, and I know for you, and I'd love for you to share about it, I like to try to turn that around and figure out, okay, how can I be a mentor? How can I do something? I that
2: it. And I think this podcast is it, right? What you're doing here today is exactly, uh, you're just giving people information of what we've done that works so they can do it. And it will work for them, most likely, right? So this is amazing what you're doing today. Because that's, I mean, listen, give yourself a lot of credit. It's very hard to find an hour of your day right now in the mortgage (laughs) business. So If you're doing this to give back, then you know what I mean? You're already doing what you're supposed to do, truly. And and it's part of it. I actually
0: am working with a a couple things for women who are trying to get into business and sales and uh, part of that is Andre and I are looking into creating something that you've already done. Can you tell everyone a little bit about, I believe you've created a scholarship, correct? A scholarship fund. Can you share that? that. Yes.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So with scholarship, it's pretty similar to what you're saying. Like we want to give back. We've been blessed. We really have. We, you know, um, just our business is thriving. And what I did was because I noticed that there was this, huge uh, absence of uh, scholarships for students that didn't fit in that box. I think as a society, we're still thinking very much, uh, you know, unless you do really good in high school, right? What what does colleges usually uh, require us to get in? And I'm going through that right now because my son is 17. Mm. So they want SAT scores. They want transcripts to make sure you have good grades or you got to be an athlete. Truly, there's yeah. n- there's no other way to get in, right? Now, does that really define a person? Because I have employees. Actually, matter of fact, my best employee, who was pretty much I could not live without him, um, he doesn't have a college degree and he also got a GD. So, yes, he screwed up as maybe a teenager where he didn't have direction and wasn't the, the superstar high school student or have athletic abilities. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a bright future. And I think putting people in this box where it makes it really difficult for them to succeed just because maybe they made a few mistakes when they're 16 and 17, it's just, it's wrong. So my scholarship, every scholarship that I saw that was out there was pretty much, uh, you know, same requirements, right? That was one scholarship that was available when I was going to school, especially in the beginning of my college career, that it was a leadership scholarship. And this is... This amazing guy, Charlie Hoff, and he kind of came from a blue collar family. Parents weren't um, weren't college graduates and he ended up getting an engineering degree and becoming a multi-millionaire. He gives, I think, over a million dollars to UMass every year, to so all of the wow. UMass campus, right? And his scholarship is based on leadership. So I did really well my first semester. I got into the dean's list and then I applied for the scholarship, which he gave me money every semester for the rest of my college career. And when I had this, you know, interview with him, because nowadays you can't interview your recipients anymore, but he still does that because he inherited that for so many years ago. And when I had a conversation with him, it was life changing hearing from him. But what was really life changing was the fact that he talked to all the students and picked me. Now, for a girl who had no family here telling me you can do this, right. Um, He believed in me. And that was major it wasn't just Mm -hmm. the the financial aspect of it it was the fact that he chose me and he thought that i will be a leader one day now fast forward i don't know i've been i graduated in 2015 six seven years ago even longer than that um i went back last year to meet him so i established my scholarship based on the fact that you don't need to be a citizen because there's a lot of dream kids Mm -hmm. right the dreamers they get dragged here yeah. With their parents. This is not a choice, guys. They come here at two, three, five years old. Now they have no green card or they're not citizens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They want to have a future here. This is all their, note. this is their home. Okay. And that was me. And, um, and you can't get a, a scholarship just because you're not a citizen here. So that I thought it was super unfair. So my scholarship is strictly all dreamers, everybody who's illegal here or undocumented. Anyone can apply. I love that. Number two, anybody who dropped out of high school can apply. People with kids, as long as you're back at school and you're doing really well, and we see potential in you and you want to change your future around, you can apply for the scholarship. And that's kind of the requirement that I set. And it's, you know, doing really well. I just had a, a letter from a recipient two days ago. Um, and, and, and I love it. I really do. But I met Charlie, the guy who gave me my scholarship last year. And I was so emotional. Oh my he actually saw a video of me. I mean, this guy, he doesn't even live here. I have no idea where he lives. I mean, he's retired now. But he saw a video of me, a speech that I gave. And he reached out to the school and he said, I want to meet her. So he flew here, met me at UMass Boston. And we sat across the table and I was just like, thank you. And it was so emotional. But he made a huge difference. Because back then, the mortgage industry wasn't kicking yet. So I was trying to, you know, I had to pay for a lot of it out of pocket. So I was the kids in doing that. The speech that you
1: talk about um, is that the speech that you gave at UMass?
2: Yeah. yeah and if I'm com-
1: correct, you are the first student that you are the first student that would ask to come back to give a speech, right?
2: I I I don't know the information on that, but I I I don't I actually don't know the answer to that. Uh maybe <laughs> I'm, sure I'm going to have speech. to go see it, but what were you asked to I come did, do? I, I did come back twice for the speech. So you're right. I'm not sure if there's been anybody else, but they did ask me to go twice. So there's two speeches that I gave at two different events. So yeah. That's I, awesome. I
0: mean, that that's so incredible. And I think it even yeah. shows us because Andre and I have talked about setting up a scholarship and now we have this opportunity, you know, one and I just met with the, the the professor who is teaching these sales classes, which are very rare right now. And they have a class for women because women don't enroll all the time. And so she said to me, she goes, maybe instead of grades or whatever, she wants me to teach how to do videos when they go into their careers. She's like, I'm going to have them do it for their grade, but you could have them send it to you. And that could be how you pick because it's on a totally different skill. It's on going out of I your comfort it. zone or... You know, so I loved how you shared those criteria because that will help us.
2: That's amazing. Good for you guys. That makes me so proud. And honestly, there's such a lack of mentorship out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I went through the same situation as you. There's really, uh, there's no competition. There's way too much business for all of us to go around, right? So the least that we can do is bring up more professionals that will do the right thing, that are going to treat the clients the right way. So, And and I I never really had mentors either, uh, Megan. It was very difficult uh, kind of learning the ropes in the business because it's a very competitive field. And again, unfortunately, uh, there's so much money involved in our field that it's very money driven Mm -hmm. and not so much, you know, I care, uh, but more so greediness, which is my least favorite part of our business um and I think that coming now and kind of trying to break that culture and giving back and helping others to become successful and not become our competitors but you know become great in the industry because we can all work together uh, to succeed because again there's just too much business to, to go around right now
0: <laughs> but it shows too even though like we didn't have let's say women mentors like we you know we found this industry. The gentleman you were just talking about, Charlie Hoff, he obviously was a sort of mentor because look, you're, you're following his path now, right? And that's why it is so important for us to do the things, you know, it's amazing to me that you didn't have any mentors. Who would you say were there other people who influenced you to like, like push through or see the
2: potential? Were there other people in your life at all? My son's father, I would have to say was probably... The biggest force in my life, his name is Joe and we're best friends to today. Like we're literally, if you see us, the biggest, happiest, uh, most, uh, you know, the modern family type. Uh, And he's amazing. He's a business owner, too. But when I met him, he was working as a bartender. He was um, working as a landscaper and he was working at a gas station. He literally sleep for three, four hours and bounce from job. to. He's Lebanese, so he's originally from Lebanon. Mm. And he did that, only that, for I would say five to ten years. Like he was really grinding and saving as much money as he could. And then eventually he got an opportunity to buy gas stations. And he started buying one gas station, two wow. gas stations, three. And today he's super successful. He's in his 40s. And pretty much semi-retired now because he has people managing his businesses. You know, he Mm -hmm. has properties. So back then, I remember him saying, you got to go back to school. Like, you really, you got to do something. I There's been so many ideas that he has given me back then. He's like, what about an insurance company? What about this? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? He was always planting those little seeds in my head. Love and kind that. of pushing me. So he kind of got me out of that environment that I was in, which was a really unhealthy environment where I was partying, I was really lost, angry at everybody for my <laughs> upbringing. Um, and he started to opening the light and say, you know what? If you do this, look at the turnout, uh, look at the outcome, you know? And that's exactly what I did. I started to, with a lot of his support actually back then, um, started to kind of, You know, change things around. And I think that he has to this day, every business decision that I make, I give him a call and he does the same to me. So we're always bouncing ideas back and forth. And he's that person that I have that, you know, if I fail, I know that he's going to be there to back me up. And I think everybody has one of those people, whether, you know, you're here alone and it's not your family. I think it's important to also build that support system where you have maybe a friend that you choose family or anyone, or your significant other that is there to support you through anything, and I think that's been my biggest mentor. Is we call him Jojo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and there, I actually think I said it in another episode. They say that the average person, if when asked if if they feel like someone has their back, it was actually an astounding number of people who said they didn't feel like they had they had someone in their life that had their back. And right, so like. what you were saying yeah Yeah. so finding those people for me it's Andre it's my husband right Right. and and then there's definitely a few other people in my life but it's so important to find those people
2: you know who who will do that yeah it's extremely important I uh, was looking at some statistics the other day about because you know the youth I love youth in education and it was saying that a lot of of the issues that we experience, you know, with our youth is that, you know, whenever they have, they come from backgrounds that they have no support. One one person that supports them through everything can change the whole course of their future.
1: Trajectory, so usually yeah. a
2: grandmother, or yeah. you know, but even if you don't have your parents or siblings or super close families, that one person, that really an aunt. Uh, so I think it's important. And that's why mentorship is so important, right? Because we could be those people for people that doesn't have anybody, just someone yeah. to call someone to back you up and, and be there. If you, you know, maybe don't get to where you want to be right away.
0: Yeah. And and Andre, I'm sorry. I'm I'm asking so many questions because and I want people to hear this stuff. You know, I think I texted you this, but I kind of want to share it with with anyone listening. Because the last six to seven years have been so difficult for me and difficult in the sense that I, w- I was having children, having babies while we were building our businesses, spending a lot of time away from them, uh, which was very hard. Um, when they were 16 weeks old, restarting a business is not easy. And I just didn't spend as much time as I wish I would have, or I would have liked to. And it's almost like a habit now. So when I met. Uh, Talita and some of the other women that I met at this conference, you know, you as someone who you mentored me in that aspect, because you were sharing with me how your daughter and you travel like, I don't know, 20 times a year, you take her to different countries. So I go home from this. Yeah. I mean, like literally she's been to 20 countries and here I'm thinking I've been taking my daughter to freaking Niagara Falls and not because I can't because I didn't think of it. And hearing it made me come yeah. home and say to my oldest, who's 13, Mackenzie, I I told her I would like to take you somewhere because of COVID. We have to stay in the States pretty much or in the Caribbean or wherever. But I want you to pick somewhere and we're going to try to do it this summer or fall. And so we're planning that trip now. And that's
2: because yeah. of you. I love, I love that. that. Me too. Because see, that's the one thing. Um, I think that I've, but I've learned that at a young age because I didn't have that, right? So my parents were very absent. Yeah. So I never got to travel with them. I never got to go out to eat with them or really do anything. So or or very little, let's say. And um, and that really broke my heart. And today, you know, my parents are are back in Brazil, and I love them to death but we're not close because we didn't build that bond and they gave me a law and they did their best, absolute best, but we don't have that bond. So I would have traded all the money. I would have traded the opportunities I got in this country. I would have traded everything to have those type of experiences with my, with my parents and my sisters. Mm. And I never got that. And I think because of, uh, of what I went through and the struggles I had to get through that, uh, I made it a mission with my children to, it did not matter how busy I was, I've always made time for vacations. Because as you guys know, you could be in the office and now we look at the clock and it's seven o'clock, okay? And we're still working. Or we go home, feed them dinner, open the computer and it's nine o'clock and we're still working. Mm -hmm. So we're not here. You know, the truth of the matter is that I'm not always present. And that's part of our business. It's very much part of our business. So taking myself, myself away from this environment and, and saying, you know what? I deserve this. I work really hard this week. I'm going to take off on Thursday night, come back Sunday refreshed and we're going to go to Jamaica, you know, and that's a lot <laughs> of what I do is these long weekend trips. And my daughter has been to 20, I think it's, I don't know, 22 countries. Uh, but wow. we've always, always taken off. And having uh, a lot of fun. And I think that if anything, if, you know, our listeners who are business owners are trying to be business owners, the biggest thing you can take out of this podcast today, my opinion is that, is that it does not matter the amount of money you make. Um, don't get distracted because there are things that truly matter as passionate I am about my business. There are other things in my life that matters just as much. And for me, I need to make time those things as well. Otherwise, I don't feel complete. And uh, and life is short and time flies by. I have a kid going to college and I love to look back and remember all these memories that we had, you know, going to Lebanon, Dubai, Turkey, Italy, you know, France love or whatever that. the places that we've been. He has all these memories and those are memories that he's going to cherish forever are you and- adopting
1: Talita? Are you are you adopting? <laughs> if it's you, I will adopt you.
2: <laughs> so I don't, you know, we gotta we're blessed, guys, but we we have to enjoy all the hard work we put in, okay? So it's great to work, it's great to give back, but uh think about you first, do the things that fuse your heart, and then come back, recharge, and then you can give back to others. So I think that's the way that I look at it and i try to i call it live a uh, you know a dope life
0: <laughs>
1: i love that yes 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 that? yes i love that yeah
2: when
0: we were down there of course you can appreciate this andre they they were like are you going to
2: come out tonight like go out partying i'm like oh, well, I-, I have a 2 year old i'm like i am sleeping she went back and watched movies by herself. Yes. She was just so excited to sleep. I was like, yep. Bro, we got to go <laughs> and have a few drinks. Come on now. We went out to dinner and had drinks. <laughs> and then she uh. went and watched the movies and passed out. <laughs> and was so happy. So,
1: so happy. happy. And
2: those things are important, Megan. The The little mm-hmm. shopping trip that you did. I mean, Absolutely. all those things are so important for you to come back and be better and be at your best. Right. Because if you're not, and you don't take care of your health and your well-being, then you're not going to be able to help others no matter what, anyways. Yeah. So take your daughter on that vacation. Do not postpone. Okay. Set a day. I want to see pictures mm-hmm. and make sure you enjoy all this hard work that you put in this past. I don't know, 15 years.
1: Yes. Tell her, Talita. Tell her.
2: I feel get like we have it. Gotta get
0: out of that habit. Hey, but I, I was telling Talita. Cause she was still produ, she's still producing and she's working on stepping out. Um, Right. It's like, that's why we need, we do, we need a support group. Maybe we can set that up afterwards because that's why we created this podcast, you know, because I'll tell you what, for anybody listening, for those of us who are on here, we know this. You will not get as far as fast, make as much, enjoy your life. Unless you connect with other people who did what you're trying to do, who are in what you're going through, who are talking to each other, giving each other ideas, pushing you to enjoy your life. That's why we created the collab. Yeah. I'm like so fired
1: up from today's call and from just listening to Toledo. I'm like, you know, just just it's so refreshing. Like, you know, yep, I'm reminded why I'm doing what we're doing. We're blessed and Um, I'm so fired up to go into today. So thank you so much, Talita, for all of your insight and all of your information.
2: Yeah, we will put in the the scholarship. That's really that melted my heart. We
0: we probably might have some more questions for you.
2: (laughs) If any of our
0: listeners are in the Boston, Massachusetts area, where can they find you, your business? They can check you out if, if they'd like to connect. And I know you're actually in some other states, too where are you licensed, and where can they find you?
2: Right, so we are in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New Hampshire, uh, Georgia, and Florida. And uh, they can find me on social media, Talita Guerrero, T-A-L-I-T-A-G-U-E-R-R-E-R-O. They can also find me as Talita Reiki. The name of our company is Reiki Mortgage. And we have a few different offices. But the best way to reach me uh, will be probably through email, which is Talita at ReikiMortgage.com. So and com. number, I'll give you my phone number too. If you guys wanna, you know, hit me up 508-360-4188. And we will get that email. and put
0: that. Yeah, we'll put that, that in the show notes. And that's good for us because you're pretty much licensed in states we are not. And which vice is versa. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. perfect. There's only one that overlaps. And once again, guys, this is what business is all about is, you know, there are people we refer back and forth to. So make sure you start connecting, make sure, you know, if you were listening, we hope you enjoyed hearing from Talita. I just absolutely loved meeting her and some of the other women that I met at the conference. Um, poor Andre, we've kind of taken over today's episode. <laughs> He's gotten love a few sentences in, but please, if, you know, if this helps you, just like in all the other episodes, you can email us at hello at the collab life.com. You can find us on any of our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. And, um, and if you got something out of this episode, you know, please leave a review, tell other people the things that they can get out of listening, out of collaborating. Um, because, you know, that's what helps us know that we are giving back and giving good advice and bringing people on that are inspiring you, which
2: I know that Toledo did today.
0: So thank you so Aww. much for joining thank us. Thank you
2: guys so much. My pleasure.
1: Thank you.
0: Hey, collaborators, I just wanted to say I appreciate any and all of you out there who have joined Andre and I on this journey and sharing just the lessons and the people we've met along the way. And it would mean the world to us if you would hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, and more than anything, getting some feedback from any of you that are starting a business, if you have a business, and you have questions or needs, or a specialty you want to share. You can reach out to us on our website at thecolablife.com and our Instagram handle as well, The Colab Life. You can also find us on Facebook or YouTube at The Colab. And you can email us at hello at thecolablife.com. Thanks again for joining us and stay tuned next week.